Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Yeah, Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast. We'll see if we get podcast length today, though, Larson. We've yeah. got a short Matt Chat for you. That's right. It's Matt Chat, of course, is where we pull questions from our patrons over there on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson at the $20 mark. You can have your video question right here on Matt Chat as well. Let's just dive right into it, Larson. Yes. It's the draft, so we've got some questions about draft, but before that... Gatlin T has a question about uh, a new name to the WWE. This is the Firefly Funhouse's newest puppet, Gatlin T. And I've never been more light profanitied than when Kane Velasquez, I think that's how you say his name, walked out on SmackDown Live after Brock Lesnar won the world title. I don't get it. We have at least 15 guys just on the SmackDown roster who are worthy of a world title run, and they're going to bring in this guy to feud with Brock Lesnar. Because he beat him like 10 years ago in the UFC ring. Great. Um, why? That's my interest. Why? I get that they want to make it more sports-centric, but doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, thank you, guys. Too sweet and hearty answer. Thank you, Gatlin T. Thank you, Gatlin T. I will go first. I will uh, hold off on explaining. I'll let you explain the actual reason why WWE is doing this. Uh, but the, the larger issue that they seem to not be able to address is the fact that Cain Velasquez is there because WWE has no idea how to create not just new superstars, but a proper like power-ranked hierarchy. Mm. Back in the, let's just take the Attitude Era, for example, and you can even look at this with New Japan. When the champion dispatches with a challenger, a new challenger emerges. In New Japan, somebody just comes out and challenges the the champion. You know, oh, you're done with your match. Okay, I'm going to come out there. And it's like, whoa, did you see that? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Sonata comes out and challenges Okada. Mm-hmm. Or uh, during Okada's, like, title run, the really good one that got us on board. Um, who's the guy? That, the, Shibata. Shibata comes out. Ooh, Shibata. No, Shibata won uh, the New Japan Cup, so he earned himself. Okay, yeah, exactly. So you had all these challengers that were sort of lined up for various reasons, whether Mm -hmm. they wanted a challenge Mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. And it's like, ooh, who's going to be next? In WWE, the booking is such that the the nature of Vince McMahon's whims dictate who's going to get pushed week to week. 
we saw Cedric Alexander get a, a really strong push for about three weeks. Yeah. And then pff, nothing back in the 24-7 hunt. Yeah. Right? Or off TV. Or off worse. TV or breaking up brawls with Eric Young. Yeah. Um, so he's out of the picture for now. Mm-hmm. And then they might want to they might want to do that again with him. And then he'll be right back out of the picture. So they do that with everybody. So nobody really feels like the heir apparent. Nobody seems like, or not the heir apparent, the next in line. Yeah. Nobody seems like they're going to be the next person that logically is a challenger or that people are going to get excited about uh, with them challenging. Uh, I mean, that's one fantastic way they could be using NXT call-ups. Like, for example, when they debuted Aleister Black, the way they did it was via a slideshow presentation, and then he tagged with a guy who he had never tagged with before in NXT, Ricochet. Instead, what they could have done was have some heel win the Universal Championship, and then in dramatic fashion... After that match, Aleister Black's music hits. Oh, my God, he's going to challenge now. Mm-hmm. They don't do that. They don't treat their stars like they could potentially be superstars. They don't do that anymore. And so you've got this mishmash of, oh, well, I don't know how long this guy's going to be uh, pushed. Uh, it's a bunch of 50-50 booking. Mm-hmm. And just, they don't do that anymore. Mm-mm. So that's why they have to bring in these big names because it's the only thing that might generate a buzz. They're, they're, they're in a lot of capacity. So uh, bankrupt creatively, they have to rely on stories told uh, nine years ago in a completely different company to build any sort of interest in anything they're doing. And even that, like I feel like the, the, the impact, Kane showing up, I don't know if it was to the degree they probably had hoped. Like I don't know how much mainstream coverage it got. I didn't feel like it was on the, definitely was on the level of like Ronda Rousey. Not even close. Not, not even close. No, not even close. Um, here's WB thinks there's money to be had in this feud, and, and that's it was, why. it was overshadowed by the Kofi thing. Yes, but no, what you just said. Go ahead. They're doing this because money. They think there's money being yeah. told. There's money. There's money in telling the story. There, there's money uh, bringing Kane in because they think it'll get mainstream attention, uh, at least from the sporting world. And uh, if this match is happening at Crown Jewel, there's definitely money involved in putting forth. Uh, in WB's eyes, a stacked card for that show because they're making a huge ton of money off it. Uh, my issue isn't so much this feud is happening. I think if this feud uh, happens without a title involved, cool. Mm-hmm. Because then you're not holding up WB title in something that uh, is, is, is not going to trickle down anyway to the rest of the roster. Yeah, And you're not depriving anybody who's there on a full-time basis an opportunity of getting a title shot. Mm-hmm. If if Kane had come and interrupted or came out, I said this, I think, on the recap. If the beginning of that Kofi-Brock match had happened as it did, Kofi charges towards Brock. Brock drops him with an F5 immediately. The crowd thinks, shoot, mm-hmm. Kofi's going to lose now. Mm-hmm. As soon as Kofi hits the mat, cue Rey Mysterio's music. Yeah. And Brock's like, all right, Ray's coming out, not a huge deal. Kind of looks over and notices, no, that's not, that's Ray. That's not Walter with them. Mm-hmm. That's Kane Velasquez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell. Yeah. And then either you can go one or two different ways. You can have Brock run out there and go after Kane, have Kane come down, go after Brock, or have Brock just distracted. Kofi kicks him with Trouble in Paradise. Hell, Kofi pins Brock, even a distracted Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. How massive is that for Kofi Kingston? I know. Massive. I know. And you're, you're building your future. They've never, it's, it's, and granted, look, you cannot deny that. Better or worse, it's worked for WWE. Uh, I mean, they're they're making just they're mountains making, of money. They're making a series of short-term decisions that have lead to uh, immediate profits. 
Yeah, but they've there's gonna be the thing a, is they've always done that. It from the from like the attitude era on. Yeah. It's been short pop after short pop after short pop, and that's and they've been able somehow to 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 become well, even more was, profitable there doing was, that. There was a period in following the attitude era where they developed a lot of huge stars. John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. You can even put Kurt Angle in there. Um Edge. They developed a lot of massive stars. Yeah, but along the way, also for a lot of those manias. I mean, I know, like, okay, there were, I know Lesner. there was Hogan. There was there was still some holdovers from the Attitude Era. Stone Cold, The Rock would still show up on occasion, but by the mid aughts, it was pretty much all the the guys they had developed themselves. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, the sad fact is, though, the lesson, the biggest lesson they learned from the mid aughts was WrestleMania twenty three, and there's you know it's just hey, let's bring in these celebrities to pop mania. And we'll just go from short term to short term to short term. And that's the way they've operated. Um, you know, that's why you have Goldberg still hanging around for his big payday. Uh, and it's 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 frustrating, but uh, that's just where it is. It's just the way it works now. It's just the way it, that's just where it is. And there's there's still enough good stuff in WWE, you know, on the on the, the micro level to appreciate their product. Uh, it's just a shame that on the macro level, uh, big picture. Uh, it's just short pop. The strongest, pop. the strongest and most consistent story WWE's told over the last two years is that Baron Corbin is susceptible to a roll-up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's pretty much it. Yep. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, next, got a question from Christopher Rampersad. Hello, Stephen Morrison. So my question is, after Hell in a Cell, you know, this is two years in a row, it ended up in disqualification. I feel like how they're, they're burying the Hell in a Cell gimmick. What do you guys think this is? And I don't want them to bury Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell is for something special, and I feel like they're destroying it, and I hate it, and it just turned me off on the pay-per-view. The match, I understand the story point beat by beat, but... Don't ruin Hell in a Cell. It's Hell in a Cell. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, I mean, Hell in a Cell really hasn't been the same since they have, they created the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Yeah. Hell in a Cell should be a special event. 
that is only utilized when a storyline or a feud demands it. Is there anything else that they have that they only wheel out every couple of years that you can look at as sort of because Hell in a Cell, honestly, man, Hell in a Cell should be once every five years. I mean, it, it should, should be, be it, it should be, be a special thing that they only use when the feud is so intense yeah. that the only appropriate blow off is Hell in a Cell. Like end of an era match. That should have been, that wasn't yes. Hell in a Cell. It should have been in Hell in a Cell. Oh, recent memory, uh, Sasha and Charlotte in Hell in a Cell. Yeah, that Totally appropriate yeah. for that match. Even Roman Braun mm-hmm. could have been Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably did. I know they did it last year, but. Um, Taker uh, Brock. The second one. Sure, yeah. Hell in a Cell worthy. Totally, totally appropriate for, or worthy to be Hell in a Cell. And the thing is, if those matches, you know, and maybe a couple others, like Usos versus New Day, that was really good in Hell in a Cell. Yeah, but I mean, anytime you have a really heated feud and the blow off has to happen and has to be some crazy, insane thing, put in Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Um, if those were matches that happened, you know, by themselves, not within the context of being part of a pay per view, um, and they were so few and far between. Uh, then they'd be so much more impactful. Yeah. They really would be. Now they just feel like, okay, October rolls around. It's hell in the cell time. Let's work backwards and try to justify feuds that maybe in the end will will, will seem worthy of being in hell in the cell. When, what year was Uso's New Day just last year? A year ago? It was either 2018 or 2017. Um, let's see here. It was... Uh, when was this? I was just trying to... 2017, two years ago. Okay, so let's see. The other ones in that... Was Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, which was 39 minutes long. Oh, my God. We sat there for 39 minutes. Um, So it was that one. But like... uh, See, that that itself, the Usos New Day, that was so clever and so creative. That should have main evented a pay-per-view as a tag team match because they needed... needed, And it was a hell of a feud, too. Oh, it was a great But like Shane Undertaker at Mania... The only reason they made that hell in the cell is because one spot to make to have the spectacle of Shane jumping off it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, um, the story should justify it. Exactly, everything should be motivated by a story, not okay. Well, it's time October or September is rolling around. Hell in the cell time. Let's try to in the next two months come up with feuds that we can eventually lead to hell in the cell. Yeah, yeah. Which far too often is, is seemingly what happens. And then so we get in instances short. where the blow off doesn't seem justified to be in hell of the cell or they have some sort of weird finish or mm. whatever the case may be. It's just in short, they've ruined hell in the cell by doing it too often. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah long it story short. It, there's no, there, there's nothing special about it. Not really. Yeah. No, except when people go in there and do something creative, like the Usos and new day, mm-hmm. like Sasha and Becky, uh, this past year, but they, even that didn't need to be, no, it didn't, you know what it, I mean? didn't, it didn't need to be in there, but at least they took the opportunity to have that match and tried to be yeah, creative. with. No, them. look, wrestlers, wrestlers can do wrestlers can do interesting things in hell in a cell, but that doesn't mean that everything needs it to be, in hell in to cell. be in yeah. But like, for example, if this, if the October pay-per-view wasn't hell in the cell, there was no hell in a cell pay-per-view. And they were like, okay, we have six months of Becky and Sasha planned out between September and, I don't know, let's say Rumble. I know it's not six months, it's four months. Um, here are the steps we're going to take. Imagine you want to make a Rumble feel like a larger attraction? Let's have a Hell in a Cell match in the yeah. middle of that card yeah. or the main event, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Becky versus Sasha and build the feud of the degree that there's no other way for this feud to head and other than inside Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. That's how it should be. Yeah. Same with like Elimination Chamber, all these gimmick matches. The only one that works as a scheduled thing every year, roughly the same time, is Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. That's really the only WWE gimmick situation that I can think of. That and the Rumble. That and the Rumble. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Those are the only two kind of gimmick matches 
that uh, should be consistently on the calendar roughly the same time every year. Otherwise, just as needed. Next, got a question from Rich. Hey, friendos. Rich the Smash Bro here. Watching some old school W Steve W on the telly. But I wanted to know real quick who you guys think the top five draft picks are going to be for each show in this week's upcoming draft. Tag teams count as one. Factions count as one. So... From all brands, no brands excluded, who are going to be the top five people drawn to Raw and SmackDown? Let me know, friendos. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich. So yesterday, of course, hopefully all of you saw our WWE mock draft. 2019, Thank yes. Thank you again, Jesse Gass and Bruce Bur- and Burl Bruce. Burl Bruce. For uh, hosting the yeah, event. coming in and hosting that. Much appreciated. And I am very much looking forward to creaming you week to week. Show to show, and uh, and and sitting there watching you watch me eat my mountain mics, mountain size Pikes Peak pizza. Well, we'll see if that comes which to is pass. The prize on the line. But we're going to take a different tact here. Um, the mock draft is who we wanted on our respective brands. So for this, to answer Rich, Rich's question, well, the mock draft, the one that we did, sorry, it's based on the point system. It's based on a very specific point system. Yes. Uh, however, we're going to take approach a different approach with this. We're going to say, okay, we're going to put ourselves in the shoes of the writing team, network executives behind Raw and SmackDown. You'll draft for Raw. Mm-hmm. I'll draft for SmackDown. Yeah. And draft as if we're drafting squad for the television. Yeah. So, Steve, with that in mind, uh, who do you got first? Seth Rollins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Brock Lesnar. He's kind of the WWE champion. Kind of needs champion. to stay on yeah. SmackDown. Next up, uh, to keep Seth happy uh, and to keep Becky Lynch happy. Becky Lynch. And to make Raw a reasonably marketable show. <laughs> yeah, to try to make Raw not feel like the C-show. Yeah, uh, and then I, I would take Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm, that makes sense. Uh, after that, I would take uh, uh, I would take after that Braun Strowman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte Flair. Uh, the New Day. Good pick. Uh, Daniel Bryan. And finally, AJ Styles with the OC. Mm-hmm. I was... Tr- <laughs> hard time with the fifth name the name i put on here and it's a stretch Stretch. but he does we always hear that they want smackdown to feel more like a sports show so i went to my in my mind wrestlers who have some sort of mma background Mm -hmm. uh and i came upon shinsuke nakamura he's intercontinental champion yeah um so essentially everybody i drafted is already on smackdown yeah well, no, that'd be the, that'd be the smart way to go. And you know, we've been hearing that uh, there aren't going to be wholesale changes taking place coming up here at this draft. So we'll see if that actually comes to pass. Oh, first night will have happened by the time this 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 goes up. Yeah, so. the idea that wholesale changes aren't going to happen, I think that's completely up in the air. I really, I think that they, I, I think that they don't know. Apparently, Fox and USA are apparently actively involved in this entire thing. That's crazy. Which is. I mean, it, it makes it makes. Oh a lot yeah, of I sense, mean, you're, you're forking over a ton of money to broadcast these shows. You know, mm-hmm. make sure that your shows are as marketable as possible. Yep. Uh, next, a question from Jacksonville's number one, Gion Halili. What's up, friendos? This is Jacksonville's number one, Matt Chatter, Gion Halili, back with another Matt Chat question. This week, what I want to know: strike while the iron is hot. Uh, obviously. That failed to happen at uh, Hell in a Cell, the main event with The Fiend. So my question, what are other moments of WWE specifically not striking while the iron is hot? Um, Give a few examples. Um, Yeah, 
Sorry, it's just, it bummed me out, kind of ticked me off that that's how Hell in a Cell ended. Seriously? All right. Too sweet, hearty handshake. You guys are amazing. Later. Thank you, Guillaume. Thank you. Um, ECW relaunch, man. Coming off the heels of, of One Night Stand 2005, 2006. If they had done anything even close to the spirit of the original... I understand finding a broadcast home for that might have been yeah, difficult in the days pre WWE Network. Always a non-starter, man. But if that's the case, if you can't do it to that same degree, then don't, don't do it. Just I don't agree. do it. Just don't do it. How cool would it have been if? And I don't even know if this would have been possible. When did they buy? They did. They did one night stand. How cool would it have been if they were able to do the kind of thing they did with Nitro but with ECW? Like you have, you put on an ECW pay-per-view or hardcore TV or whatever, but at that point, I don't even know if they had a TV deal anywhere. You put on something, and at the end of the show, and nobody knows that WWE's bought them, Vince or Shane comes out or somebody comes out and announce in front of an actual ECW mm -hmm. crowd not expecting it that WWE has purchased ECW. Yeah, I know. Would that have been a riot? It might have been it a might riot. Have been something else. It might have been a riot. But, you know, even if they don't do weekly TV for ECW, what if they just done monthly pay per views? Yeah, but WWE didn't. I mean, yeah, if they kept up, if they kept up the one night stands, but they were so incapable of, of understanding yeah. how to do that. I know, probably. Uh, the other one, other thing here is a Nexus. Mm -hmm, yeah, that was hot. They buried the crap out of that. Hot. I'm gonna say this: uh, when uh, Chris Jericho won the title from Triple H. And then, like, Triple H uh, bullied his way into reversing it. They should have seen at that point that Jericho was hot and they could have run with him for like legitimately as world champion. Because by the time they had him win the world championship and they gave him, you know, the cowardly heel thing, which never were. I don't know why they anybody would ever do a cowardly heel thing. I don't know. Um, uh, he, he was people like they didn't respond to it at all yeah. as a heel. Well, and he was just purposely a transitional champion, get that belt on Triple H. Right, exactly. Was. Yeah. Um, but if they had if they had run with him in like '99, whenever that happened, mm -hmm. uh, I think they could have really had something special there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, more recently than that, I mean, look, WWE they have made a habit of not striking when the iron's hot. Uh, Braun, fresh off the Roman Reigns feud, if they had put the Universal Title on him or WWE, whichever the big title was um, during that particular time on Raw. Uh, if they had used that to launch Braun as a legitimate main eventer, mm -hmm. maybe we wouldn't be in the situation we're in where he's just sort of celebrity guy. And again, uh, you know, I was reading this interview with uh, Conrad, Conrad Thompson, mm -hmm. um, where they asked, you know, what has been your biggest takeaway from doing these podcasts? One of the things he said was, there's so much that we as fans don't understand. He said, for example, when they were talking about Ken Shamrock on the Pritchard show, Pritchard was saying, <clears throat> yeah, I know a lot of people like Shamrock and they wonder why he didn't get a bigger push. Well, he would be late to shows. He wasn't oh, reliable. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, and yeah. people don't see that stuff. Yeah. I am of the belief that they have not pulled the trigger on Braun Strowman as Universal Champion or as WWE Champion because there's something backstage that we simply are not privy to, we are not aware of. Entirely possible. Attitude stuff. Well, we had heard that, that there had been some attitude We had heard that. Uh, locker room stuff. I don't know what. I don't know what, but something tells me that um, he's got everything except for whatever it is you need backstage for them to be able to rely on you, and that's why they can rely on him as celebrity guy because it's a one-off thing every six months or whatever. Um, that's my own personal speculation. I have nothing to back that up, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, so, but I'm going to say that if you know if 
if if they had wanted to make Braun a, a proper main eventer and they saw the ingredients backstage, mm-hmm. then they should have done it then. I thought he was he was hot, hot, hot. He was hot action, man. So those are my answers. Interesting. All right, here we go. Uh, next, got a question from Stephen M. What's going on, guys? Uh, my match chat question this week is, what are the top five, power rank top five things you, uh, you your opinion has changed on in wrestling, say, like, uh, the Undisputed Era's music or like um, Alistair Black as a name stuff like that so each your top five things that at first you're like oh I don't like that or no 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 or just in general just like wasn't a fan of it and then it just came around and you're like oh that's pretty good <laughs> too sweet hearty handshake thank you Stephen M thank you Stephen M go ahead so like I was resistant to AJ Styles because I didn't really know anything about AJ Styles beyond that he was in TNA, um, and then like he came in and I was like instantly a fan and I went back and watched his New Japan stuff and I was like oh man what was I thinking about that? Uh, so there was that. Um, God, there's other there's something else. I dude I am notoriously I am notorious at flipping. Came around on him when he debuted. Yeah. He didn't like him. No, I just didn't like his body type. I thought he looked cheesy. Yeah. No, I've I've come around a lot of people. I've I've flip flopped many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What you got? Um, probably uh, first and foremost is this guy right here, Finn Balor. When he showed up in NXT, I was like, "What's the deal?" Oh man, he's like a normal dude. I mean, he's it was a ripped real. Jack dude. Yeah. And like the demon stuff, I wasn't into at the time. Yeah. Still not. Yeah. But cause I thought there wasn't a whole lot behind it. It's just a bunch of showy stuff for no real purpose. Um, and then once I got familiar with his work in New Japan, mm-hmm. my eyes were opened. Mm-hmm. I started to appreciate his work more on the main roster, especially after he came back from uh, getting his shoulder fixed after he won the Universal title. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really good wrestler. There's a wealth of, of possibilities you can do with him character-wise that WWE has not capitalized on yet. Uh, and he just seems like an all-around cool dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next, Baron Corbin. Baron could not stand him in NXT. I thought he was super green as a wrestler. I thought from a character standpoint, he was it was pretty thin. He was a terrible <laughs> trash talker. He's great. And that guy has put in the work to improve um, seemingly on a day-by-day basis. And now I can find him consistently entertaining. His matches are fun to watch. He knows what he does well, focuses on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, does a pretty good job of hiding his weaknesses, save for being rolled up. Mm-hmm. No, it's kayfabe weakness, nonetheless. Kayfabe wise, he needs to work on that. Um, and while uh, his involvement doesn't yield ratings gold, um, he's consistently enjoyable to watch. And in about five to ten years, he's going to be universally beloved. Uh, I think it's going to be less time than that. RTG. Text Hello. question here. Text question. Hello, friendos. It is the world's tallest friendo, RTG, here with my first match head question. That'd be, that'd be impressive if he's taller than Alex C. Uh, my question is, if CM Punk were to come back to in-ring action, who would he face at Mania? Not Triple H, because that's obvious. And book the outcome of the match. Thanks, Brendos. Thank you. Uh, I go first, right? Yep. Um, so, in my mind, if, if we can't do Triple H, it's got to be John Cena then. Give me Punk John Cena one last time. One final match. One... Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be main event of Mania or anything like that. I put that in here, but I don't really mean that. Uh, but you could use their vast history and really focus in on uh, Punk saying, 
I was denied my mania opportunity because you and Rock had the thing going on now. Mm. And maybe the idea is like they're pushing for this to be the main event. And Punk's like, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and take someone else's opportunity away from them because I'm into this thing with John Cena. No. We'll open the show. And Punk goes over or something. I don't know. Here's what I say. So Punk goes on the TV show backstage. And uh, Seth Rollins uh, turns heel but by basically just doubling down and tripling down on the kind of crap that he does on Twitter anyways. Yeah. Uh, and so he's like, you know, calling out fans for just trying to know more about the product. He's uh, talking about his bank account a lot. He's just going overboard with that kind of stuff. Uh, and, uh, and on backstage, uh, CM Punk as a panelist is sort of calling him out on that kind of stuff. Being like, you know what, man? Uh, my fans, they're really terrific people. Sometimes they just want to know a little bit more. And can they be a bit obnoxious? Sure. But, you know, it just means they're enthusiastic about the product. So he starts talking about CM. And then Seth Rollins in a promo, he talks about CM Punk calling him out on backstage. That brings out CM Punk, man of the people. And uh, then they have a feud. CM Punk, main events WrestleMania against Seth Rollins, wins the title. And uh, boom, there you Collects go. Collects fat paycheck. Collects massive paycheck. He's good. Goes he's in, back to doing horror movies. He's in more horror movies. That movie looks fantastic. It looks interesting, yeah. Uh, next question, text question from Tiger Mask. Tim Morris. Hey, friendos, another horsewoman question for me. With WrestleMania due to have a four horsewoman face-off, I can't see both titles being on the line two years running. So who will be holding the other woman's belt? Who will they win it off of? And who will they face at WrestleMania? Uh, I go first because uh-huh. you had the best answer here. Oh, thank you. So I'm just going to go with the... Like, not even a good answer. But I'm going to say, look, I think she's put in the work. She's put in the time. I think she seems like a pretty cool person. I'm going to say Carmella somehow wins it off of Becky Lynch. Uh, and then Asuka in a reversal of their feud, because Asuka's doing the projectile vomiting at people thing now. She, as a strong heel, takes it off of the underdog Carmella in a legit fight where Carmella comes out looking like a million bucks, but ultimately loses it to Asuka at WrestleMania. That's not bad. I think it could be fun. Um, sometimes I think a lot of people are, are based on various reasons. Fox probably wanting Becky, Becky showing up in advertising from materials for SmackDown thinking Becky's going to end up on SmackDown via draft. I don't know if that's going to happen because if raw loses Becky, that's a huge loss. So this is what I'm thinking. Uh, maybe, I don't know, sometime around the rumble, Oscar beats Becky for the raw wins title. Mm-hmm. And then of course, after the rumble, they can seriously kickstart this Four Horsemen Fatal Four Way thing go to the Mania with only one title, the SmackDown title being on the line. Mm-hmm. And at Mania, Becky wins that, therefore she goes to SmackDown that way. So Raw gets, I don't know, six more months of Becky Lynch, use her presence there for a few more months to build up the rest of the division, and then have Oscar uh, and then, I don't know, Sasha carry uh, the the banner for Raw after, uh, after Mania. Oscar um, could take on uh, Shayna Baszler at Mania for the title and the uh, claim to be the, the greatest women's champion in NXT history. Mm-hmm. That's good. And here's the thing. Getting back to what I was saying in the first question, that's good. You have Asuka take on Shayna. What if Shayna wins and then confronts the winner of the main event, that horsewoman match, the SmackDown champion? She comes out with a Raw championship, and that's how you close Mania with title versus title staring each other off. Mm-hmm. And then Raw after Mania or SmackDown after Mania. You get a you get stuff between Becky and Shayna. It's great. Ronda Rousey comes back too. Bang, boom. 
Uh, final text question from Luis Ariza. It's Halloween Havoc 2019. Book a full card with a stipulation that in every match, opponents must switch gimmicks, entrances, and all. Also, can you guys do going in raw math for Jerry Lawler, Dan Severn, and Kurt Angle? I'm pretty sure we've done Kurt Angle before. I would like to see Halloween. I want to see like the, the costumed battle royal. I want to see that, but on WWE main roster. There? Do you have a pen over there? Yes, that would be great. I want to see main roster do that. I just have a bunch of silver pens. No, okay. There's one on the floor here. Hold, please. All right. Let's do some going in raw math. Let me do the card after that. Okay. Because there's some good matches I have written down here. Uh, so Lawler being good. Lawler? We're doing three of these? Yeah. All right. So being good. Uh, in ring. I think he was like an adequate worker. He's like five, right? Yeah. Yeah, five. Maybe, he, he came before. No, no. He knew how to wrestle. Yeah. Oh, are you thinking higher? Like, that's six? like six. Oh, wow. Okay. Promo. In his wrestling days, oh, he was a good promo. He was, a, he was like, I'd give him like an eight. Yeah. And then look. He looked like a dude. He just looked like a dude, but like he had he had natural charisma. He did. I'd give him like a seven. six. Seven. Seven. Six. six. Yeah, six. six is fine. Six. So 20 divided by three, it's six plus. Mm-hmm. Legacy, if you're talking Memphis, that's high. That's super high. So you got Memphis, but then you have the rest of the world. So they have to even each other out a little bit. I'd say Legacy is probably like a eight. That's fair. Because it's like ten plus in Memphis, yeah. and then like everywhere you know, else, it's like five, four or five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, kayfabe. Oh God! In Memphis again, it has to be an eight again. Ten plus in Memphis. In Memphis, it's ten plus. Everywhere else, like not really great, but yeah. still decent. Yeah. So six plus. That's uh, twenty-two. Seven plus. That sounds right. Seven, higher in Bret Hart. Uh, Dan Severn. Uh, I feel like we've done Dan Severn before. Yeah, but I'll always revisit. I'll talk about anything Dan Severn. Oh, he was great. We'll see. <laughs> uh, in ring. I mean, like, he's accomplished. He's an accomplished MMA fighter. Five? Oh, you got to do higher than five for in ring. This is for MMA, dude. This is for wrestling. I understand that. All right. Small sample size, WB, but he did wrestle in NWA for a long time. He was like one of the longest reigning modern NWA champions. That's true? Yeah. All right. So in the modern era. So Six. seven, 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 really? Hell yeah, man! Oh my god! Because he can be knocked down for promo. Yeah. <laughs> two. Okay, fair enough. Two, two. Yeah. Look, he, like he knew how to talk English. Look. I mean, he looked like a dad, but also like a super badass. He looked like the toughest dad. Yeah. Six, five, five, five is five. Good. Five's dad. Yeah. Uh, legacy. So, like in MMA, it's like ten. Yeah, it's huge. In wrestling, five, five. Kayfabe, probably five. Maybe that's... Because the WB wasn't booked for anything, but... Yeah. It's 9, 14, divided by 3. Wow, that's just 4 plus. <laughs> so 15, so 5 plus. Sounds right. Yeah, Kurt Angle. That sounds right. Angle's going to be up there. Yeah, he's going to be really high. All right, in ring. I mean, he's got to be at least an eight, if an not eight. a nine. Yeah, I'd give him an eight. Promo, I get an eight. Eight. Look, he's always in great shape. His gear always looked great. So give him a seven. Seven. Yeah. Legacy, that's got to be at least an eight. Would have been higher. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it's a seven. It could have. Been, it should have been higher. But he left too soon. Well, he went to TNA. I know. And did well for himself there. Kayfabe. Kirk Angle. Kayfabe. He was always booked strong. Uh. Eight K fig, right? Yeah, eight. So that's twenty three. So that's seven plus. 
So that's uh, 22, 7 plus. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's, let's talk this car that I've started. You, can, you can chime in. Okay. So I know that you said switch gimmicks, so I thought let's think of wrestlers with kind of similar gimmicks. Okay. So main event is Dan the Beast Severin uh-huh. taking on the Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar. Okay. But they switch gimmicks. Oh, okay. So Dan Severin comes out with the, the pyro. Yeah, they have like the same. There's not really a lot of switching going on here. There is because Brock Lesnar come out with tights and then the gray sweatshirt with the sleeves cut off. Yeah, I feel like he towel. could do that now. He All should right, be fine, doing that fine, now, fine. really. Next, uh, the big dog, Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. against the dog-faced gremlin, okay. Rick Steiner. All right, and so Roman, who would Roman Reigns circle around? Like Scott Steiner. <laughs> uh, I mean, Dean? Usos? Yeah, there you go. The Usos, yeah. There we go. Uh, next, Demon Finn Balor taking on the Kiss Demon. Yeah. But, of course, it would be Kiss Demon Balor. I think Finn Balor would look great as a Kiss character. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the Kiss Demon. I don't even know. Who was the Kiss Demon? Was uh, it Brian Adams? No. It was one of the was Brian's. Was it somebody we no, didn't know? No, it was Dale Torborg. Interesting. Uh, and then I also got in here CM Punk taking on Henbanger Mosh. Why? Well, I mean, it's Headbanger. It's a grunge guy against a punk guy. Oh, okay. Okay, good. I'll, okay. It's like music right. gimmicks. All right, that's good. Do you have a tag team bout you want to add to this? Because I was trying to think of a tag team bout. I don't know. Uh, heavy Machinery versus, well, okay, Heavy Machinery. I know Rest in Peace, Rick Bognar, but uh, Fake Diesel and, and, uh, and Razor. Because Tucky kind of looks like Rick Bognar. And I'd like to see Otis as a Diesel. Okay. And then you get Kane in a heavy machinery gimmick. Is there any any other vocational gimmick? Kane versus Kane Velasquez. All right. <laughs> All right. What about a woman's belt? The man, Becky Lynch, versus... I don't know, man. I don't got nothing. I provided four matches. You can chime in with one. Mm. No? All right, fair no, enough. You're good. All right. <laughs> I would love to see Halloween Havoc come back, though. Oh, hell yeah, man. That'd, that'd be, be great. stuff. Yeah, that'd be good stuff. Anyways, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you want to participate in Match Chat, $20 on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.